Welcome to the Giving Voice to Depression podcast, produced in partnership with the A.B. Corker Foundation for Mental Health. We are your co-hosts, Bridget and Terry. Each week, through intimate, candid conversations with guests, we explore different perspectives on and experiences of depression. We keep it real because the illness is real. We keep it hopeful because there truly is hope in spite of what depression tells you. We are not experts or therapists. We are sisters and best friends who live with depression and have interviewed hundreds of other people who do as well. We've learned that hearing others speak openly and without shame about their experiences makes it easier to believe depression is a common and treatable illness, not a personal failing. You are far from alone. Hello, Bridget. Hi, Terry. It's December, which means we're in the midst of the holiday season. And boy, does that mean a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Hanukkah and Christmas decorations are everywhere. Black Friday, Cyber Monday, and all the other invented incentives to buy, buy, buy are filling our inboxes and screens The significance of the holidays is too easily lost, and it becomes just too much for many of us. Having depression, bipolar, anxiety, or any other mental health challenge can add layers to the intensity, as can lingering fears of COVID and its yet-emerging variants. But it can also be a really beautiful and meaningful way to wrap up what has been one heck of a year. With planning and intention we can create a season that nourishes instead of exhausts us. We don't have to do things or go places that challenge our mental health. We don't have to overwork or overspend or overthink the whole season. Yum, I like the sound of that last sentence. That's the message from this episode's guest, Dr. Anita Sands, psychologist and member of the Giving Voice to Mental Illness Board. We first recorded this interview four years ago, before any of us could have guessed how much the world would change. But her advice is as relevant today as it was then. Here now is Dr. Sands giving her voice to depression. Dr. Sands, who prefers to be called Anita, found new insight into depression in the holidays from a very old source, Ebenezer Scrooge. You know, certainly for the first part of A Christmas Carol, and you're just seeing Scrooge being very, looks like very selfish and and very um, non-compassionate towards others. And um, it just seems like he can't get into the holiday spirit and, and, and you wonder, well, what's wrong with him? But when you looked at the fact that you know, he'd lost his partner and, you know, he'd lost his love and he was really grieving these things. And when you're grieving at the holidays, I think it's going to be very, very difficult to get into the so-called holiday spirit. I think it's going to be hard to have a happy holiday. Which is a very unique and empathetic way to describe someone whose name has literally become a word used to mean stingy and cold-hearted. Exactly. And, and, I, and I think that there's a whole lot of stigma that still haunts people who aren't able to get into the holiday spirit, who aren't happy and merry and celebrating. And, and again, sort of using that lens of compassion, try to understand why would it be difficult for someone to feel the joy and the peace and the love that is supposed to be available at the holidays? 
You know, what's blocking that? What is going on? Is it grief? Is it pain? Is it suffering? Is it some of the symptoms of depression that make it impossible to feel pleasure or happiness? Is it the lack of energy so that getting out is just so overstimulating, it's exhausting? You know, trying to understand things from the perspective of the person who's going through that. And I don't think we do that very often. Anita did think of it while watching her daughter perform in a production of The Christmas Carol. And she wonders how she, as a therapist, had never thought of it through that lens before. I think it was the very first time that I really started to try to understand Scrooge as a human being and not as a, as a character or a caricature and, and try to understand the motivations behind, uh, again, why. Why would he be so self-absorbed? Why was he unable, at least at this you know, point in time in his life, to understand you know, where other people were coming from and to join in in the celebration of the holidays? I just really never looked at it from that standpoint before. But you know, certainly my training as a therapist and psychologist is all about trying to understand the, the motivations of people and to understand their personal histories and I don't know why the light bulb just never had gone off before. I'll never think of Scrooge the same way, you know. It's all of these crazy, unrealistic expectations, which people who aren't uh, dealing with diagnosable mental or medical health issues already are feeling, you know, incredibly stressed and overwhelmed about. And then if you're dealing with those on top of it, it's just sometimes too much to manage. And so then if you see irritability, if you see people withdrawing, if you see people unable to or unwanting to join in, to me, that just makes sense. That's energy conservation or that's, you know, that's maybe not even wanting to feel like you're putting a damper on other people's, you know, ability to celebrate. In such circumstances, Anita says people often do one of two things. Either they will just absolutely refuse to join in, in in parties or family events or other type of holiday celebrations because they feel like I don't have what it takes to be a, a fun or a good part of this. And I also know people who, because their depression are inconsistent, so they have good days and they have bad days, but they can't predict, you know, when that's going to be. And so you have a holiday party invite that might not be for a week or two and and the person will decline them because they don't they can't predict they don't know where they will be at that day or that at that time either way we don't get to partake in any of the social interactions that might actually make us feel connected and a part of something celebratory and the host doesn't get the gift of our presence at their event so here's the way around that and the advice that made us want to remix and repost this episode for today. It's what we're calling Dr. Sanz's holiday gift for anyone who struggles this time of year, or how you can be a good friend to someone who does. This is a golden nugget of advice that we hadn't heard before, and we hope we never forget. One of the best and kindest things you can do at this time is to offer the out which is to say you don't have to say yes or no. You can show if it's a good day. If it's not, you don't have to. You won't be disappointing anyone. I've heard from many of my clients with depression say it's one of the best things in the world because it's a very low stress way then of, of either being able to show up if at the last minute they feel they can make it, but then they also don't feel like they're letting anyone down if they don't. And they don't have to do that early decline Um, and then realize that they actually could have made it, but they already declined. It's really a pretty simple concept. But as with the empathetic take on Scrooge, it is hardly a common impulse. 
but it easily could be. And as people who tend to be a little, okay, more than a little, reluctant to join in social gatherings, another thing we'd suggest and love would be if the host added something like, hey, remember, we have a guest room, and if you ever want to disappear for 20 minutes and rejoin the party, or we have a back door, and you can sneak out at any time. Don't worry about saying goodbye. We can catch up later by phone. Now, those would be holiday gifts. Yes, or, you know, just anything, any any level of compassion or understanding that you might need to leave early. You might, you might need to leave without saying goodbye. Just something that, that lets you know that your presence in, in any way, shape, or form is desired and that there isn't an expectation on how you, how you are, how long you're there, and how you manage that. And that, to me, would be quite a gift that you could give to somebody with depression. We hope you got that because we think it's huge. Say to your friend or family member or coworker who's been having a hard time, hey, you don't have to RSVP beforehand. Just know that you're invited. And if you feel like coming that day or night, we would absolutely love to see you. But if you can't make it, no judgment. Whatever works for you that day. I have heard that that makes a world of difference and, and it will allow someone with depression to actually consider, you know, being social, attending an event, whether it's with friends or family. Um, and that can be so helpful at this time of year to feel like I can be a part of something. I can celebrate a little bit. I, it feels good to be around people, but to also know that if you get overstimulated, you can back out and it's, and it's okay. It's, it's not going to be a problem. Okay, so now we shift our attention to how we can offer that same understanding and compassion to ourselves. Anita preaches the basics of sleep, nutrition, exercise, and some form of stress management to everyone. But she says for anyone struggling with chronic mental or medical health issues, those things should be considered non-negotiable during the holidays. In terms of of self-care, your ability to attempt to get the best rest that you can, which again, probably feels like an unrealistic expectation with depression sometimes for, for those who struggle with insomnia, to really try to improve your nutrition. Um, get some exercise and, and even though it's winter and everyone wants to hibernate anyone, anyway, I try to say get outdoors, get a walk, try to be in the sunlight, even if you don't feel like moving, at least for a little bit of time every day if you can. And then build something into your day that feels like it's loving towards you. It reduces your stress. It uh, provides a little bit of happiness if you can feel it. If you, if you can't, that's okay. You still need to do something that is loving and caring towards yourself. And Anita says that self-care doesn't have to require planning or be expensive and time-consuming like a day at the spa or something. It can be a cup of tea or hot cocoa, maybe sitting next to your pet or under a cozy blanket with some inspirational reading material or good music. One of the possible good parts of the holiday season is that beneath all of this is supposed to be the celebration of love and hope and goodwill in the world. So just taking a moment to try to get in touch with that, I think is a really wonderful energizer or battery recharger for someone with depression. And it doesn't cost anything. It just takes a little bit of the time to remember to slow down and expose yourself to, to that. And, um, and I think that's a really important thing to do, I think, on a daily basis, but definitely when things get, get really, really rushed and, and stressful. 
As for the holidays themselves, Anita reminds we are in charge of how we celebrate. We have choices, even if we've never exercised them before. What do you feel like you have to do or what do you feel like you should do? Is that what you really like? You know, do you enjoy it? Does it does it feed you? Does it nurture you? Does it make you feel better? Does it just exhaust you? Does it make you feel inadequate? Does it break your budget? And we can narrow down sometimes, like you're saying, to the essence. What does this season mean to you? What is the meaning of Christmas or what is the meaning of Hanukkah to you? And and then look at, well, what do you want to do as far as any kind of uh, holiday celebration that sort of honors that meaning. And again, you do not have to do anything because you think it's expected or it's always been done or everybody else is doing it or that's what the you know TV shows and the movies are showing. Show me where it's carved in stone that the cookies have to be baked and they have to be hand decorated. And if you love that, if that is, is so meaningful to you and it really would not be the holidays without doing that, then that's on your, I really want to do this you know, if can list, but if that really is not important to you, then, then why, why are you spending the time again? What, why (laughs) it it really doesn't have to be done. You can figure out for yourself and for your family, what is healthy and what feels right to you and, and navigate that. It doesn't mean that, you know, there won't be a little bit of choppiness sometimes if you're changing traditions or you, you take a stand and say, well, you know, we're, we're not going to travel all the way across the country to spend, you know, a day or two with people that, you know, it, we just don't really want to. But the payoff for being willing to really search yourself and figure out whether doing certain things with family is really healthy for you can be good. It can be good. To be clear, it's not about rejecting family or tradition. It's about making choices with our physical and mental health in mind. And of course, I advise doing less, even though at this time of year, it feels like the demands increase because they do. But I think less is more and and going for quality over quantity, whether that's with gifts, whether that's with parties, (laughs) whether that's with um, anything, shoot for the middle. Um, so don't try to get real perfectionistic and try to do it all and don't get into this, you know, that very rigid all or nothing. I either have to do all of it or do it this way or it doesn't matter or it doesn't count. And yet getting it down to the bare bones, uh, I think, allows you to then just really soak up and enjoy those essentials that, again, feed you, nurture you, um, leave you hopefully in, inspired and refreshed instead of exhausted and wondering, you know, Why did I do all of that and how am I going to recover from this? And how am I going to pay for all this when the eggnog wears off and the bills start pouring in? Oh, my gosh, which is why, yes, you know, therapist's offices are packed in November and December, but also in January and February because of the stress of the financial fallout. Regardless of what other people are capable of doing, we're looking to take care of you and get through that season without being exhausted and without being any more tired and dealing with any depressive symptoms than you already are. I love what she says. I do too. We're looking to take care of you. I was like, yes, that's what we're doing. Absolutely. And just that idea of being able to give ourselves, um, she said choices. I often use the word permission, mm-hmm. you know, even though we've never maybe done it before, you know, we can, those are choices that we can make. We can. 
And we both are this year, which is interesting because we made them independent of speaking with Dr. Anita. And honestly speaking with each other about it. Mm-hmm. I'm keeping it simple around our house for sure. But I'm also noticing that underneath the relief of kind of letting those expectations go away, there's a little bit of anxiety that like Christmas is going to fall flat. So that's interesting. And there's another piece that I'm fascinated by that I sort of... Um, Gave myself permission to do very little. And as a result of bringing that threshold down, I'm actually finding myself sort of stepping up and inviting people over for a drink to sit under the tree or, you know, it's not going to be a full. Because you have time to. I would. Yeah, I think I think for me, it's more of a, you know, something internal, some some pressure is is relieved. Oh, interesting. So there's like an internal space more than calendar space or time. Interesting. I have made Christmas just Thanksgiving part two. I've done it years ago. I just said, I like Thanksgiving because it's everything that's good about a holiday with good food. And, you know, the focus seems to be in the right place. And Christmas for me, just it wasn't in the right place. The whole gift thing, all the decorations, all of it just wasn't working anymore. So we pretty much have Thanksgiving again. And, um, you know, may or may not be a couple of presents, but that certainly is not the focus. And it's just me and my kids and I, I actually love it. I look forward to it. Absolutely. And when I do buy the presents, I'm going to do it after Christmas so we get more for our money. And I'm going to use smileamazon.com to give a little bit of that money back to giving voice to mental illness. That is awesome. And you're going to buy me things then, right? Kind of one of the decisions I made, Terry, is I'm not (laughs) doing the sister's presents anymore. No, I agree with that. Take the S off sisters and just make it sister. (laughs) (laughs) I love you, Bridget. Bye, Terry. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. I hope everyone listening and everyone who's been a part of this amazing journey has a wonderful holiday or a restful holiday or a restorative holiday, whatever they're looking for. Yes. And that in the new year, they have um, mental health. We truly hope that our podcast brings a little more understanding, helps you better articulate your experience of depression, or better understand how to support someone else's. We invite you to join us for daily posts on the Giving Voice to Depression Facebook page and on Twitter and Instagram at Voice Depression. It is a comfort to be among fellow travelers on depression's dark road. And remember, if you're struggling, speak up. If someone else is, listen up.